Amen. Well, hello, everyone, if you've joined us since we began the meeting. My name's Sai. I'm the pastor here. I'm so pleased that you're joining us online. Sadly, I can't see your beautiful faces, which uh, we enjoy. I have to look at this lot over here at the moment, which aren't as nice as your lovely faces. But, you know, they, they, would, they would do as a, as a substitute, but they don't make much noise, really, Sam's teddies. Anyway, anyway, uh, for us as a nation, we're back in lockdown for the four, next four weeks at least. And I know this is difficult for some of you, some finding it harder than others. Some of you, you're trapped, you're lonely, and there's uh, not, much, uh, not much interaction you've got with others. For others of you, you're trapped with lots of small people climbing all over you that you can't escape from. Some of you are worried about dying from COVID. Some of you are concerned that you may get it and then pass it on to somebody that you love. Like in a wartime, all of us are affected in some way. Normal life is impacted and our freedoms are restricted. And whilst there's a lot of similarities actually uh, to uh, a war situation, if you've ever been caught in a war situation or you've served in a war situation, you'll realize that drawing comparisons too readily is unwise, as it's also very dis different, as you've probably got a sense from some of those stories that you heard a moment ago. Therefore, it is good that we honor and respect those who have served or are serving our nation in the armed forces and military personnel, both at home and abroad, and particularly those who died to protect our nation and the freedoms that we so readily enjoy. As freedom doesn't come for free, and it doesn't remain unless people are prepared to stand up for it and to fight for it at times. Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Thus it is appropriate for us to remember that without their sacrifice, these freedoms and the things that we take for granted would not be there. And actually, that is something that this pandemic is causing us to appreciate more, the freedoms that we uh, have as they're slowly uh, being removed for just a season. It's also helping us in the West to recognize our own mortality, the fact that we all die. We're all having to live with uh, uh, the uncomfortable knowledge of uh, death around us. And it's something that modern society doesn't like to acknowledge or to talk about. But the Bible tells us better to spend time at funerals than at parties. And it's not saying that because it's morbid and it wants you to be morbid, but it goes on to say, after all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. That's in Ecclesiastes 7. One in one people die. That's the statistic. To use the current buzzword that we're hearing a lot, that's what the science says. And until Christ returns, that is the reality. 
So the fact that COVID is causing us as a nation to consider our mortality is actually a good thing, causing us to wrestle with this reality because the Bible is clear and Jesus made it clear that after death comes judgment and eternity. Jesus said this, because death is not the end. He said this, an hour is coming when all who are in their tombs will hear my voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. What is the good to make you good enough to receive eternal life? Well, the Bible doesn't leave us in any doubt. Jesus is quite clear. He says this elsewhere. This is the good work that you, sorry, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent, i.e., that is, you believe in Jesus. Jesus goes on to say in the most famous Bible passage ever, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Why? Why were they condemned? Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Son of God who came and lived amongst us and chose to die on a cross to save us from our sin. The things that we do that offend God, which, by the way, is the worst things that we do, the stuff that we do to God or how we ignore our maker. But not only that, the stuff that we do to one another, people whom God loves, just like he loves you. And actually, when you do stuff to hurt yourself, as some people watching this do, you're hurting somebody whom God loves. These things that we all do wrong are a conscious and unconscious expression of our rebellion against God, our creator. And they cause us to come under his judgment, yes, but also they separate us from God so that we can no longer come into his presence. And that's actually how we're born. By ourselves, there is no hope of writing this wrong before God, or making ourselves worthy to ever come into his presence again. But the Bible tells us, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, that is that we've been made right by Christ's death on the cross, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. That is, we've passed from judgment into life. Jesus demonstrates his own words of greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down their life for their friends because he gives his life for his friends. 
Elsewhere in John's Gospel, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up. Again, it's what he says in John 10. Jesus laid down his life on behalf of his sheep, his followers, on behalf of you and behalf of me. So he did that so he could take on himself all your wrongdoings and my wrongdoings. And then we, through faith, could be given his righteousness so that then we could freely have access to God as our heavenly father, as Duncan wonderfully looked at last week with us as a church. In Christ, we become loved, adopted children of God. In that passage I just read from John 10, Jesus talks about taking up his life again because three days later after he was crucified, he rose again victorious from the grave. And we as his followers have the certain hope that through Jesus, we too will rise again when he returns. Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Praise God. It's amazing, isn't it? There is no fear in death. And in fact, if we're in, if we know Jesus, there needs to be, there doesn't need to be any fear in this life also. Because the Bible tells us in Psalm 139 that your eyes, as God's eyes, saw my unformed body all the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Our lives are in the hand of not some distant, unconcerned God, but they're in the hands of our loving Heavenly Father, who loves you and at great personal cost made a way for your sin to be dealt with and to rescue you from judgment. Freedom doesn't come for free. But in Christ, we freely receive the ultimate freedom of becoming forgiven, adopted children of God. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, then you'll be free indeed. The Bible tells us how we, we enter that wonderful state. It says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You don't have to do a great task. There's nothing wonderful that you have to do on your behalf. You believe. And believing in the Bible doesn't just mean passively acknowledging, oh yes, I think this is true. That's a start. But even the devil acknowledges it's true. By believing and confessing, the Bible means actively recognizing the truth so that you respond 
to the truth. In surrender, you surrender your life to Christ. You stop living for yourself and you start living for Christ. When someone joins the army, they sign away their life for, you know, 5, 10, 21 years, something like that. And then for that period of time, they're no longer living for themselves. They live for in service of this nation. And likewise, when you believe in Jesus and you give yourself to him, you're surrendering your whole life, in fact, your whole eternity to him. And that decision impacts your eternity. Life here and now, if you choose to follow Jesus, may actually get harder, but we're not living for here and now. We're living for eternity. However, Christ's presence with you and his Holy Spirit inside of you will enable you to live a more fulfilled, joy-filled life with him than you ever could by yourself, despite some of the troubles that you will face for following Jesus. So if you're watching this and you want to surrender your life to Christ today, can I encourage you to just pray this prayer of surrender and belief along with me now, in your own home, before God. That's what you, all you have to do. Pray this. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all that I have done wrong that offends you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, I'd love to hear from you. Please contact the office. There's one or two things we'd like to send you as well, actually, to help you in your journey of faith. So contact the office. Details will be, appear at the end, and we'd love to be in contact with you. For the rest of us who are all ready for living for Christ, and for those of you who've just prayed this prayer as well, remember all the days ordained for you were written in his book. So that means for such a time as this, as difficult as it may be, you were placed on this earth. God has a purpose specifically for you in this time. I know it's hard and please acknowledge how you're feeling at this time to God. He's not distant. He's not unconcerned. He's a loving heavenly father. The Bible says he's a very present help in the time of trouble. The Bible tells us to cast our anxieties on him. Cast your fears, cast your frustrations, cast all your concerns on God because he cares for you. He knows them anyway, so you might as well share them with him in prayer so that he, you can know his presence and his help and your time of need. Listen to these wonderful words that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be the God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that we ourselves have received by from God. Hallelujah. You get you receive comfort from God himself. He is your source of comfort. He is your source of blessing and he wants to make you a blessing to those around you at this time so you can comfort them with the comfort that you have received from God himself. Paul goes on to say in the same book, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And Paul doesn't say that lightly. The Apostle Paul suffered much more than any of us are ever likely to suffer. But his eyes weren't fixed on what was going on here. His eyes were fixed on eternity for the joy that was set before him. He endured these things knowing what he would receive when Christ returns. And the same is true for you if you've given your life to Jesus. Paul goes on to write in the next verse of 2 Corinthians 4, As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Remember Nigel's word to us as a church last week? Very much reminded us of the things that we've seen around the world at the moment are transient, they're uncertain, they're changing. They're being shaken. But the word of God stands forever. Jesus is the rock who cannot be shaken. And we are in him and he is with us. So let's look to him as we try to bring his comfort to those around us. And one final thing I just want to bring on this Remembrance Sunday before I close is during times of national, indeed global, crisis, it's a well-acknowledged fact that it requires a lot of emotional energy. It's very taxing on your emotional energy because of the crisis. It takes more effort, in other words, just to do normal life. So if you're finding that you're more tired physically or emotionally, if you're finding that your morale is a bit lower than usual, you're not as productive as you think you should be, can I, can I encourage you just to cut yourself some slack? It's normal at times like this. But also, can I encourage you as believers, bear in mind that everybody else around you is in the same storm that you're in as well. And therefore, they're feeling these things too. So be extra gracious to them, particularly if you're having to live with them uh, as well. Be gracious with one another. Remember Rob's word to us 
last week his word of encouragement to show random acts of kindness to those God brings across our path. Kindness in times of difficulty shines the light of God's love that much brighter because the world around us is that much darker. We may not have to give up our lives in this nation, but let's lay them down in service of God in order to show the love of Jesus in Helsham and beyond by the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. Because as Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Freedom doesn't come for free, but in Christ you freely receive the ultimate freedom of being forgiven children of God. Freely you've received, freely give. Amen. Let's pray in the band. Come back. Father, thank you that you loved us enough to send your only son to live amongst us perfectly and to die on the cross in order to save us, in order to make a way back to you, a way that we could never have earned by ourselves. We could have never done it by ourselves, Lord God. Lord, we just stand in awe of you. We're so grateful for your great love and for your saving love, Lord Jesus. And Lord, as your people, I pray that you would help us to show your love to all that you bring across our path, Lord God. Thank you that we are here, we're alive, even listening to this sermon by your purpose, Lord God. All the days ordained for us were in your book, Lord God, including today. And Lord God, you have things that you want each of us to do in this time, Lord God. You want to use us, Lord God, to show your love, your goodness, your kindness, your comfort to those around us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd fill each one of us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Even now, Lord God, just come and meet with everybody in their own homes, even us in this room now as well. Lord God, I pray that you would fill us with your Spirit. We need you, Lord God. We are tired, Lord God. We are worn, Lord God. We are struggling with the, some of the things that are going on around us, Lord God. But thank you that you're the God of all comfort. You're the God who energizes us. You're the God that empowers us, Lord God, to live for you and to witness for you. So I just pray, fill your people today, Lord God, and bless them. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.